1: Hello, I'm Dave Rubin, this is The Rubin Report, and uh, we didn't do a cold open for you today because it's a somber October 14th, 2022, because the economy's in the shitter. And that's what we're going to be covering today. I hope you've subscribed and tapped the notification bell wherever you're watching the program. Uh, Guys, the theme today is, yeah, the inflation situation, the economic situation, that whole money thing that kind of runs the whole show. It is not in particularly good shape at the moment. And uh, Joe Biden, he is not helping. Uh, So we're going to get to a little bit of that. And then we have a Rubin report dot locals so yeah let's talk about inflation we've got a quote here from bloomberg the core consumer price index which excludes food and energy increased from 6.6 percent from a year ago the highest level since 1992 labor department data showed thursday From a month earlier, the core CPI climbed 0.6% for a second month. The overall CPI increased 0.4% last month and was up 8.2% from a year earlier. The media forecasts in a Bloomberg survey of economists had called for a 0.4% monthly rise in the core and a 0.2% in the overall measure. Okay, so if you're not big on economics, if you didn't do Economics 101, in, uh, in college, the point is that these numbers are not good. Inflation is bad, we technically were in a recession already and now we're about to enter this third quarter of recession, even though they have suddenly redefined what a recession means. A recession always, before this administration and the nonsensical media that is part of the, this administration, a recession always was two negative quarters of GDP, right, gross domestic product. Uh, now we are in Q3, it is negative. We're technically in Q4. We just closed Q3, uh, Q3 and it is negative. So the September CPI inflation data that broke yesterday, that's what I'm reading to you there. It ain't good. That's that's the general point. I don't like when we get lost in all these little percentages. Uh, but the point is we've known this was coming, right? This is not shocked. No one's watching this right now. Like, oh my God, things aren't going great. Uh, but the administration has been lying about what's going on for quite some time.
2: I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign.
1: The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about
2: this great, great deal. This is something that Will uh, settle down. Transitory. <laughs> Transitory. And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and, and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody
0: suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the
2: way. It's on highly unlikely that's going to be
1: long term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about
0: inflation Over the last couple of months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said, in part, "Most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems."
2: What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, that we know is the root cause of inflation.
1: Okay, so they locked us down, they crushed the economy, they've hit the energy sector, they're going after fossil fuels, they spend money completely out of control. And then, of course, they blame everyone else, or somehow the media will have you tricked into thinking this was all the Republicans' fault. And again, Republicans vote for a lot of this nonsense, but they certainly are not in charge right now. Here is video from two days ago. Uh, Here is Joseph R. Biden talking to Democrat activist Jake Tapper on CNN about his Inflation Reduction Act and how it's helping. We 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 passed so much legislation that significantly
2: makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We-
1: Again, as I brought up the other day, he calls it accidentally the Inflation Act, which is actually what it is. If you just throw money at something and you put a nice bumper sticker on it, it doesn't mean that it actually does the thing. Inflation would be going down if the Inflation Act... Reduction Act that they spent all the money on was working. But actually, we found out uh, today that uh, inflation increased by 0.4 percent last month. Uh, That reminded me of a video we've showed you a couple of times that I just I just think this was this one's just funny. Here's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen a couple months ago, and she's got hope.
2: There's no question that we have huge inflation pressures, that inflation is really our top economic problem at this point and that it's critical that we address it so um i do expect i do expect inflation to remain high although i very much hope that it will be coming down now
1: i just love that it's like yeah it's a real problem but i certainly and i'm the treasury secretary over here you know i've got an abacus at my desk i certainly hope that that doesn't happen Here she is two days ago, despite all of the current numbers.
2: Um, We still see the impact of uh, COVID in China and the slowdown in Chinese growth. And um, with high inflation and tightening monetary policy in many advanced countries, um, emerging markets from really all of these factors are suffering Um, many stresses. So there's a lot to talk about. But from the perspective of the United States, I think the United States is doing very well.
1: Well, in July, she had hope, and now she's telling us that things are doing well. Again, this is one of those things where you don't really need to dive into the numbers. You don't have to sit there with the percentages and this and that. Do you feel like you have more money now, that the economy is safe, that you can go out and spend the same amount you would have a year ago and get the same amount of stuff. Does any of that feel right to you? We all know that it ain't right. You know, go try to buy a new car. And and then because of the supply chain, it's actually sometimes now used cars are more expensive than new cars because at least you can get the the used car now. Like there's a whole series of problems here, but these people have hope. And the real question, what it all boils down to is, Do you think these are the people who should be in charge of this? Do you think these are the people who can steward us out of this? Or are these the people who dug us into it? That really is what it's all about. And on that note, let's get to a Ruben Report
0: Community Q&A. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust? Or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory shopify pos has everything you need to sell in person go to shopify.com slash system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today that's shopify.com slash system
1: uh kathy says how are the kiddos how much have things changed with two instead of one so yeah we had luke uh basically a week ago seven days old as of today uh, he's good, you know, it's funny. So they're, they're two months to the day different uh, age-wise. So uh, Justin was born on August 6th and Luke was born on October 6th. And it's wild how much a kid grows in two months because Justin, and Justin's kind of big anyway, like he was born big and he's big and he's eaten a ton. He's in like the 86th percentile in, in height and weight pediatricians very happy with him, very happy with Luke too. But you know, just when I'm holding them both together, it's like, wow, I cannot believe that this was this not too long ago. Uh, their temperament, we're getting a ton of smiles out of Justin now, like just ton. He just lights up when I go in the room, which is awesome. And uh, Luke is his, he's just soft and gentle. You know, he's just in those first couple days, right? He's still in that first couple of day of life. So it's a lot of sleeping, curling up in a little ball Uh, But they're good, they're good, and uh, the diapers are being changed, the pacifiers are being washed, etc. Uh, Rose says, with everything going on in our country being a total mess from inflation to crime to our borders, et cetera, and the libs showing no sign of slowing down or reversing course, what kind of stunt are they planning on pulling to throw this thing? They have to realize this is all very deeply unpopular with the American people, yet they don't seem to care. You know, that reminds me of the uh, AOC video that we showed you yesterday where her own constituents, virtually nobody shows up to listen to her, but then her own constituents, people who are saying, I believed in you are now completely turning on her. In this case, it was because of the, the Russia-Ukraine situation, but it had obviously a little bit to do with the economy as well. And people are waking up to it. You know, The moms that are like, no, 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 you can't come for our kids anymore. And that's why school boards now are shifting where you're getting more conservative-leaning parents. It's not even conservative, as I always say, it's just sort of sane sanish parents that are getting on school boards instead of letting everything be ransacked by the radicals. So the question always is, and it's a good one, and I don't know exactly what the answer is. Uh, You know, it's like, what will they do right before the election? Does the war go hot so we all feel like we can't vote for different people? We need the people who are wrecking everything to stay. It'll be too risky if we get new people. COVID, monkeypox. Who the hell knows? You know, just like who knows? And that's why it is vital, even if you're here in Florida where, you know, DeSantis is going to crush Charlie Crist. He won by about 30,000 votes last time, basically less than 1%. It's like he needs to win by 10%, 15%. Like run up the score, destroy these people. Destroy these people. Let's, as I keep saying, let's just put them in that rear view mirror and let's build a wide tent Republican Party and then F out of the ashes of the destroyed. Democrat Party, maybe the ghost of JFK shows up. Maybe they hand it to Tulsi. And then we can have the debates, right, about the Second Amendment and about abortion and government spending with a sane party on both sides. That's where we're at. That's what we gotta do. But yes, they can come up with anything. Proudest Mom says, what's the weekly bill for the diapers and formula at the Rubin household and how many bottles are prepared and diapers change per week? I mean, it is a lot of diapers. And it's a lot of uh, bottles and there's pacifiers everywhere. We have little buckets of pacifiers in different rooms. Uh, I try not to go right to the pacifier. If there's a baby crying, I try to do everything I can before we go right to the pacifier. Justin actually, on day one, like an hour into his existence on this planet, he was sucking his thumb. He hasn't done it since. But uh, Justin has never sucked his thumb, little insider info for you on that. Uh, but yeah, it's, look, you're, you're feeding these kids, uh, Luke, especially now at the early stages, you're feeding him basically every three hours. Justin is now stretching his nighttime sleeping, but it's a lot of diapers. We got the diaper genie. There's, you know, butt paste and all this stuff. It's, so it's, yes, it's it's racking up in price, but we're using glass bottles. Uh, because they generally are thought of as a little bit better and you get the anti-colic thing, you don't want them swallowing air and all that stuff. Uh, Cheryl says, what do you think is the likelihood of Tulsi just throwing her hat in the presidential ring for 2024? If you believe she will run, do you think she'll run as a Republican or an independent, which gives her the best chance? Look, I truly do not know, I'm sure we'll get her on the show soon to, you know, unpack some of what's going on here. I, I don't know that she even wants to be in politics in a traditional sense like that. I really don't. She may want to go more into media. She just launched a podcast. I think she has all sorts of other opportunities. Um, would she want to jump in immediately as president? I don't know. And again, I I also don't know if it would be Republican, independent, whatever. Look, my position, you know my position on this already. The Republicans are not perfect, but there is a malleability there and there is a wide tent thing there that she can clearly fit into. Right. She can clearly fit into that and say she would be on the more socially liberal side of it, whether it came to abortion or gay marriage or whatever. And, And the ship has sailed on some of these things anyway. Um, but she could fit into it. It's why, it's why if Bill Maher could get over some of the stuff, I think he could fit into it too, right? But let's just put that aside for a second. Um, I don't know what she wants to do. My, look, look, if we were at a 2024 situation, if you watching this right now, and you may not agree with Tulsi on a lot of stuff, if you heard that it was gonna be DeSantis and Tulsi, that's pretty solid. Like how much more solid would it get than that? How, how, how much more airtight? How much sort of wide tent and effective and a caring about America and let's put some disagreements aside and like feel like the stewards of this country are, are the ones that we deserve. Uh, I think that would be pretty solid. Uh, Tappy Chef says, what was your first car, Dave? Mine was a 64 Chevy Coupe DeVille my dad gave me on my 16th birthday costing 400 bucks. In 77, wow, that's awesome. Uh, My first car was my grandma's, I think it was a 79. Oh, man, I'm aging myself, guys. This is, what year were you guys, what year were you born? 92. Jesus, 2000. My first car was my grandma's uh, Buick Regal. This thing was a behemoth. Uh, if you want to put a picture of a Buick Regal in, you can put a picture of a Buick Regal. This thing was a big blue Buick Regal. My grandma and grandpa, my grandpa had already passed, but my grandparents had that thing for, you know, a couple of years before that. It may, it may have been earlier even than 79 or something. And it had sort of old person scent and the ceiling was caving in a little bit. You could like push holes in the ceiling because the like foam was no good anymore. And it was big. And I remember you like turning the steering wheel. It was like Trying to turn the Titanic, the iceberg, we gotta. Oh, yeah, that was my first car. I loved that car. <laughs> I really did. Lawrence says, Do you think it's possible that Zelensky is blackmailing the Biden administration, holding to incriminating evidence of questionable past financial dealings in order to be in order to secure continued support, some powerful people would have an interest in keeping such information secret. Let's put it this way, I don't think that's completely off the table. What what was Hunter Biden doing as a consultant for a Ukrainian energy company while he was also a crack addict? Why did we hide the laptop? Why did Twitter make sure we couldn't see any of that stuff? Is, why does it seem like the world just pours tons of money into Ukraine and uses it as this place that we must pour a ton of money and we cannot get receipts and we don't know who's doing what, but we, ha- like something does not seem right. So it feels like it's like a money laundering operation. I I don't know exactly, but yes, I don't think you're, let's put it this way. I don't think you're a crazy conspiracy theorist for that one. Uh, Roll with me here, Phoenix. Lauren says, the grand plan, what is your vision of locals for the next 10 years? Well, I'm really thrilled, obviously, with what has happened with locals and and the community, our Ruben Report community is really thriving. And that's where I'm posting pictures of the babies. And I communicate with you guys in a, in a more personal way. And it's really the only place that I personally respond to anyone or any of that stuff. Uh, But obviously we merged with Rumble and we really, I'm telling you guys, like we're really trying to build that parallel economy. We're trying to build the pipes so that one day uh, if YouTube just says no more of this nonsense, Dave, or if Twitter says you're out or Facebook or whatever, that we have a home. And I have a home that they cannot take away right now. I have that. If the whole freaking thing went down today, you know, they pull the Amazon AWS, they press the button or they flip the the touch screen, whatever it might be. It's like, I'm gonna still be okay. Almost everyone else uh, that you watch on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook, whatever it might be, is not okay. I I have a bajillion meetings with these people talking about the payment processor issue, because you know there's all this crazy stuff with PayPal now, and we're trying to solve as many of the problems as possible. This was not something that I intended to do. So I would say in 10 years, what I, would, what I would want in 10 years is that Rumble Locals is basically the sort of new hub of the internet. It's a new place where you can get all sorts of services, not only video and community and chat and live stream and all that stuff, but that we have email, we have payment processors, we have chat, and all of the stuff so that you can do what you want to online. And if you break the law, then you're in trouble with the law. You know, it's like, it really is as simple as that at an ideal level, at the technical level, it's very hard to build all of this stuff. And it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of expertise, but we're doing the best we can. And uh, I would say we're doing even better than we can probably to some extent. And, and now that Rumble is public uh, and listed on NASDAQ, you know, it's a public company. Free speech has gone public. That, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Reed says, hey, Dave, Bill Maher has a problem with Trump, as do many of us. Have you ever considered asking him one of Prager's classic questions regarding personal lives of politicians? That is, if you had cancer, would you choose a nice but average oncologist or a very skilled and successful oncologist who can be a total asshole? You know, I wanted to pose this to him. I really did. You know, you may remember I had Dennis on a week or two. Ago. So I had just spoke to Dennis and Dennis and I speak all the time. And I thought that really is it because Bill, he's getting there. I wanna give him the room to get there. I think we started something really good in terms of conversation and going forward. That's really been the reaction from everybody. Hot damn two people who disagree or came to a final conclusion are still, t- came to different conclusions at the end, are still trying to work through it. Like how cool is that? Like that's the way we all used to be, right? Uh, that was what the dream was all about that we could agree to disagree and still you know think that the country is good and fight for what we believe in and all of those things and break bread with people Um, so i would have liked to have asked him that you know we bounced in and out of politics like we we were sort of all over the place whether we were talking about what the nature of reality is or sex or weed or whatever so it was kind of everywhere but we'll continue the conversation Look, I suspect if Bill was to answer that question honestly, which I think he would, of course he wants he wants the best poss- possible oncologist. You want the best possible doctor. You don't care about someone's skin color, and you don't care necessarily about their moral fiber. But when when you're the one that's laying on the table, you want to know that you have the best person possible, right? We all want the best pilot in the plane, uh, not somebody uh, who is based you know based on their gender or you know somebody. Uh, who is incompetent or, you know, they're competent. You want somebody, sorry, you want somebody who's competent as a pilot. And if they're, you know, cheating on their wife, it's actually not that relevant to them flying a plane. It's just how it is. Uh, Larry says, have you ever met a Scientologist? You know, I don't know, actually. Uh, no, 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 that's not true. I, for sure, I've met Scientologists here and there. Actually, when we did our show, when we were on tour, and we did our show up in... Uh, What's up by Tampa? What's the city? Clearwater, thank you. That's where the uh, the main Sci- Church of Scientology is. So I met a bunch of people afterwards who were Scientologists, and a few people were like, We thought you were going to make fun of Scientologists the whole time. You didn't. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've never met Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, I've chatted with Kirstie Alley a bit. She's a Scientologist. So uh, there you go. Shmoo says, Do you really think World War Three is on the horizon? Or is this just more Russia, 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 midterm election hype to scare the crap out of those who have lost the art of critical rational thinking? Well, A, let me be clear about this one. I don't want World War III. I would prefer that nukes not be dropped. And I think if we could all just pause on everything, stop giving money to the area, really figure out what's going on here. If Biden could sit down with Putin, not that Biden knows what he's doing, but like, why aren't we having peace summits? Why aren't we actually having any sort of negotiation? As a matter of fact, Biden said he wouldn't sit down with Putin. You may remember that from the Tapper interview that we showed you a couple days ago. So we have all sorts of problems there. As I have said from the beginning of this thing, and I think this thing is very, very messy. It's hard to really understand what's going on there. I am not saying Russia's the good guy. You cannot invade a sovereign nation and just take territory. You cannot do it. There might be a certain amount of people in Crimea who wanna be part of Mother Russia. Maybe they have to have a referendum on that, uh, but it can't be done by the, by the barrel of a gun and there might be other providences, same thing. They have certain things to work out. My main issue with this, I have two sort of issues with this. Number one, it's hard to know what's, go- I have three issues. Number one, it's just hard to know what's going on over there and what's honestly true. Uh, number two, right now with every screwy thing that we have going on in this country, do we have all of this money just to be thrown there? And how come when we give them $12 billion, we don't discuss whether it's gonna be equitably uh, shared amongst people of color of Ukraine? Hmm, not that many people. Have- color in Ukraine. But when we do things here, it all has to be equity based and we have to make sure you're going to chop someone's genitals off. Uh, and then, of course, the third one is that to constantly say we're winning and we're arming Ukraine and they're winning. At the end of the day, when the bad guy in the situation has nuclear weapons, you better not tell him he's losing no matter what, because he might just do something crazy. So it is, it's a little hard to tell how much of this is real, how much of it's sort of a media concoction. And just in, in you know, sort of world geopolitics, things just suddenly can spin out of control. Things just can spin out of control. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. Uh, Sarah says, who would be your top three for POTUS if all conservative podcasters were in the race? Uh, for example, Crowder, Shapiro, Prager, Glenn Beck, et cetera. Well, I think Prager would be an unbelievably good president of the United States. I think his his ability to explain the goodness of this country and the goodness of people, uh, the fact that he always goes out of his way to extend his hand to liberals. Um, I think, you know, he's written so much about where this country came from and why we are still the shining beacon and all that stuff. I think he would be great. I think he could be do it in a diplomatic way, um, you know, Shapiro might be a little too acerbic for it. Uh, you know, Glenn would be, you know, it's like these are all good people to a certain extent. But like, if I'm really honestly answering the question out of that crew that you just mentioned there, and we could throw in obviously a couple other people, Candace, et cetera, et cetera. I think Prager probably would be the most sensible one. Uh, but Dennis is 74. Yeah, he's enjoying his life right now. I think he feels like he's doing the right thing. And Prager U has been incredibly influential. I, I don't sense that. I actually think there might've been a window for it a couple years ago. And of course, people ask him to to all the time. Uh, Jordan Peterson would be interesting. You know, like I don't see him as a politician, but can you imagine? Can you imagine Jordan Peterson as president of the United States? It'd be wild. Uh, Deep Thoughts says, there seems to be so many loose ends with regard to Trump and what Biden has done in 18 months to damage a formerly functional country. I can't remember ever feeling this stressed about my country. Do you think we can finally close some of the open questions with definitive answers and solve some of the current problems now or ever after the midterms, not till 2024? Well, first off on the stress issue, because everyone's feeling stressed to some degree. Like, you know when you feel like you can't buy things. Uh, You know, you go to the store and either they don't have things that they used to have or the prices are too high or you're feeling that your bank account isn't where it should be. And like that, that just general feeling the dollar's not stretching the way it used to. That, that's a bad feeling that you take with you kind of all the time. Uh, then you throw in all the stuff around education and wokeness, and then people are sending their kids to school and they don't know what their kids are learning about. You throw in, as we just talked about, this very bizarre Russia Ukraine situation. Um, you throw in censorship. like there's so many things that are happening in our modern lives that that feel out of whack. Um, but I would say, you know, you know, I bring up fart all the time but I live in a place that's very functional. And when I close my phone and I just spend time out here in the community or I'm working with people that are you know, doing some work at the house or I'm meeting people on the street or whatever, it's like there's an awful lot of good people out there. There's places where it is functional and good. And, and I think the problem is we've all become so obsessed with the federal government and that the president somehow is supposed to be king, which of course it's actually intended to be the reverse of that. We were fleeing the power of a tyrannical king. Um, we're so obsessed with all of that that it makes everything feel scary and depressing all the time and all of those things. Um, it's why I try to do the show the way that I do and I try to make sure not to endlessly blast you guys with, with scare and fear mongering as, as you can see they're doing virtually every day on it. Well, MSNBC and The View and, and the rest of it, it they just got to keep them scared because It's a lot easier for whatever reason. It has something to do with human nature. It's a lot easier to keep people glued to that freaking screen if they're scared rather than empowered because empowered people might get up and go do something for themselves. They really might. I'm willing to take that risk. If we fix all of the problems and there's nothing else to talk about, I'll get going. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going and hopefully you guys will get going too. And we'll go, well, that was fun while it lasted nick says so your sons will be growing up as florida miami natives will you take advantage of the limited window of their youth to teach them the valuable skill of being bilingual that's an interesting one so you know there's obviously here in miami especially miami is such an international city you hear so many different languages here all the time uh, obviously outside of english spanish is the main one um yes i would like to teach them a bit of spanish i i can speak a little bit of spanish david's actually pretty good and doing the Duolingo thing. And yeah, we've, uh, our housekeepers who are also helping out with the kids a little bit, like they, uh, they don't live with us, but like when they're here, like there's a little Spanish going around. Like we're, we're trying, like, I think English is the American language and it should always remain the American language. But I also think just it's good for kids' brains like it's good for them to learn. And also, you know, the kids have that malleability of the mind when they're young. It's very easy to teach kids second and sometimes even third languages when they're very young. It gets harder, obviously, as it gets, uh, as you get a little bit older. Uh, Greg says, when liberals move out of California, will they bring their politics? Rogan now lives in Texas. Has anyone asked him if he will continue to vote for politicians with progressive policies? Do they accept any responsibility for voting in the very people destroying California. Look, if I ever do Rogan show again, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. I will gladly ask him that. I think it's an incredibly rich place to talk about things. You know, it's like, you may have voted the wrong way at one point in your life. Maybe all of us have, I certainly have, or, or made decisions, put aside politics. We've all made mistakes in our life. We've all done the wrong thing in our life. It doesn't mean you always do it, but you have to kind of acknowledge, oh, I did something wrong. I screwed up on this thing. Like that's the way you start getting better as a human being. Um, I can tell you from the Florida perspective, I'm meeting an awful lot of New Yorkers in Cali, mostly who come down here, some Connecticut people too, uh, who come down here and and it's just very clear. Like everyone's like, I'm here to keep Florida, Florida. I love Florida, man. I'll wrestle an alligator to prove it. Like people kind of get it down here. Um, I don't know that Rogan has said who he would vote for in the, in the gubernatorial race in Texas, whether it is Greg Abbott, who's the current Republican governor or whether he would go with furry, uh, Beto O'Rourke. I, I would certainly hope that he is not even considering voting for Beto, but it would. I guess it would be nice if he has not said it already to say it, uh, and and that's the that's the challenge for all of these people. Like, if you really fled a city, if you fled a state over the last two years because of lockdowns or the economy or crime or homelessness, it really should be in you. Now, why you did it, it really should be be in you, and I think it is in most people. I would say that's a bit different than say 10 years ago when usually people were leaving for financial reasons, right? You're gonna get your people who retire, who then wanna, you know, they don't wanna have as much money to spend so they want lower taxes. You're gonna get people who are making a ton of money and then they realize that they're gonna lose a lot of New York or Cali or whatever. And then they still vote in the bad things because a lot of times liberals can't connect all of the policies to the the results. So I do sense it's different this time. Like reality smacked a whole bunch of liberals in the face. And uh, if, you're a, if you're a gobsmacked liberal who's living in Texas or Tennessee or Florida, you better know why. Uh, Cicito says, congratulations on baby two. What did Bill Maher say that most surprised you? You know, we got into this thing about, about meaning and the universe and, and signs and reality and all of this. And I, you know, I tell him this story about how the universe can talk to you sometimes, and I relate this story. If you haven't seen it yet, just just watch the video about um, about my grandma and lightning striking her apartment, and it, on her, the anniversary of her death, and some stuff happened. And he just his whole thing is that you know he's an atheist. His whole thing is that it's all random. Everything is random, and he calls the show club random. It's all completely random. I, it's funny to me that the atheists who you would think would be a little more open-minded, like. No, it's, it's just not all random. It's just not. And you would think that the free thinkers might at least put some... They may not go, okay, I like the Bible, but you might want to have some curious, interesting view of what the world is. Uh, in any event, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for Friday. Uh, join us by subscribing at rumble.com slash rubinreport and rubinreport.locals.com. And I will see you on Monday.